6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. And we're going to start with uh, the news that has uh, rocked Canadians right across the country. They're expressing grief and horror over Sunday's attack in London, Ontario, that killed four members of a Muslim family, left one child in hospital. Police say the family members were targeted because they were Muslim. Today, the Prime Minister condemned the attack as an act of terrorism. What happened on Sunday in London, this act of terrorism and Islamophobia, is sickening. It is heartbreaking. It's hard to find words that are enough. What can be said when yet another family has had their loved ones ripped away? When a child is in hospital, when a community is in mourning? So all I can say is this. To everyone who is grieving, who is angry, who is afraid, your neighbors stand with you. Your community stands with you. We will not let hate divide us. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole says he grieves with the Muslim community and uh, right across the country because there is a pain that they have known before. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh says Canada must acknowledge that an urgent threat to public safety comes from extreme right-wing ideology, white supremacy and hate groups that radicalize people. The suspect in this case is a 20-year-old from London. He has been charged with four counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder. Police have said that they are in contact with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police about whether terrorism charges should be pursued. Our first guest this afternoon is an expert in homegrown violent extremism. Dr. John McCoy, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jalen. Thanks uh, for having me. All right. Now, police have declined to say if the suspect had confessed to targeting Muslims, but the investigator says the family was targeted because they are Muslim. What does that tell you about the investigation and where this might go? Well, where it's going to go is really an attempt to um, decide whether to lay terrorism charges under Section 83 of the Canadian Criminal Code or not. And that is really going to be determined by the police, by the RCMP, and based on the evidence that they have at their disposal. Because if they want to lay a Section 83 charge, then they need to be able to demonstrate clearly uh, to get past the burden of proof within the Canadian Court of Law that this was motivated by an ideology. And that will be the question for investigators right now. Um, you know, uh, they've, they've decided for now to go with the first degree murder charges. The question will be, can they layer that with terrorism charges? And do they have enough evidence to get that through a Canadian court of law, which so, is which is difficult, which is difficult. Section 83 of the criminal code um, says, um, you know, an act or mission in or outside of Canada that is committed in whole or in part for political, religious or ideological purposes, objective and cause and in whole or in part with the intention of intimidating the public or segment of the public with regard to its security it goes on to say that intentionally causes death or serious bodily harm to a person by the use of violence I mean by that it, it could I mean for someone not the trained eye sounds like okay well that could very well you know match a, a terrorism charge but we have seen I mean we go back to the van attack here in Edmonton which yep. seemed to be uh, you know similar to this but it never got to that point talk about the difficulty in laying a charge like this in this country and same thing with uh, Bisa Nat who carried out the mosque attack 
That's right. In Quebec City, and uh, the same thing with Manassians, mm-hmm. who uh, claimed an incel ideology and um, conducted what arguably is the largest uh, mass casualty event we've experienced in modern Canadian history. So it, it is... Um, Again, this goes back to burden of proof. Mm. And if if you're the crown and, you know, you're thinking about the victims and you're thinking about the gravity of the crime and your goal is to get these individuals in prison for as long as possible, then it might actually be a rational choice to charge them with something that is the, the burden of proof is lower. It's much easier to show that this individual struck that family and, and murdered them than it is to show that they did it with a specific ideological intent or motive. So you take risk in, in layering on that Section 83 charge. Um, I think there's a lot of open questions around whether we need to change the legislation around Section 83, mm. but, it, but it, is, it is a risk for the Crown, and I think that's why we see in these examples quite frequently that there's a preference to demonstrate an act uh, versus demonstrating intent. John, you know, we, we've talked about uh, this in, in past when we have um, yeah. had, uh, you know, other incidents. Uh, unfortunately, it seems that's the only time that we, we talk. <clears throat> One day we'll have a, a conversation on something uh, better. But when we talk about, um, you know, police have said at this point they don't know if the, the suspect in this case uh, doesn't know if he has any membership in any specific hate group. Uh, but we know that he doesn't have to be because we know about these lone, so-called lone yeah. wolf attacks. Tell us about how that happens how one might become radicalized so we're you know we're all uh, as, as you mentioned we're all sort of grasping at straws here to an extent because yep. we don't have the right information but uh, my immediate reaction when i heard about this case was okay that this this fits the pattern you know this this could happen in london ontario this has happened in christchurch new zealand it has happened in overland park kansas it has happened in munich germany the list goes on we're getting into the dozens of these attacks now where we have individuals who fit a pretty similar profile and a pretty similar pattern they're socially isolated, they're on their own, they're engaged online with some ideas, maybe with like-minded individuals. Um, they don't have a lot going right for themselves in their lives. Um, and for whatever reason, they decide that this is their um, path to address some kind of grievance or gain some kind of notoriety. And I think what we're seeing in this case Again, this is this is from early indications with quite you know uh, not a lot of information coming from police mm-hmm. at this stage. Um, some reports, you know, for example, that this individual kept themselves in their apartment. They didn't have a lot of visitors. They weren't particularly socially nice to deal with. You know, the reports from the neighbors. It, it smells very much like these kinds of incidents, like a Christchurch. Um, type attacker where you have someone with very few physical connections in their day-to-day life but uh, quite engaged online and, and I'm, I'm guessing that's where we're going but I, I caution you know that's a guess. Mm-hmm. Dr. John McCoy joining me this afternoon we know according to Stats Canada that uh, the police reported hate crime numbers are, are, are up. Um, how do you think has the pandemic impacted that? It's, it's hard to say. Um, I think 
you know, for for those, you know, going back to that early uh, that earlier um, sort of description of of the profile we see with these individuals, um, they're not the most stable individuals in the world, and they can be triggered by specific events. So, could the pandemic or the experience of an individual? during the um, public health restrictions where you know often these individuals are already isolated become further isolated that seems a reasonable argument to me but um, uh, again it would be quite speculative and uh, what I think probably we will see like we've seen in other examples where these attacks take place is there might have been an event in the individual's life that made them decide, made them trigger and decide um, for whatever reason to get up one day and say, today is the day I'm, I'm going to do this. John, before I let you go and we run out of time here, the NDP leader Jagmeet Singh saying that Canada must acknowledge that an urgent threat to public safety comes from extreme right-wing ideology, white supremacy and hate groups that radicalize people. The Green Party leader today calling on the Liberal government to create a national anti-Islamophobia strategy, um, you know, saying that the government has a duty to identify, expose and root out movements that promote discrimination and hate there's been called for tougher hate crime legislation where do you what do you see needs to be done from from all of the work that you have done on this front what can a country do to um try to stop this it's a big question and you know i i often think about you know what what did this individual want to achieve with their actions um what, what does terrorism represent? It, it, it's someone trying to have a psychological impact, to spread fear, to send a political message beyond the people that they're killing, right? beyond this, this innocent family. And the goal of the types of individuals like this person who was, we've been told, working out of, uh, or working off a, a hateful ideology, you're working out of that ideology, um, wants to divide us. Um, wants to see our society fail, wants to see Canadian pluralism fail. So to me, the best remedy, the best reaction to that is for us to come together to find ways to address the, the real polarization we see in multiple areas of our society and to say to those uh, in the Muslim community and, and in the Jewish community who are, who are being targeted frequently mm-hmm. with this kind of violence, you are a Canadian. Uh, you're, you have the same rights that we Everyone does, and, and we need to um, uh, try to improve this, this sense of, of being welcome and being safe in communities and to say that these types of individuals do not represent us. Um, and, I, and I think when we find how disconnected this individual likely was from Canadian society, um, we, can, we can say that, say that safely, Dr. I hope. Dr. McCoy, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Always appreciate your time and insight. Thank you. Thank you so much.